welcome to Common Ground, a podcast series discussing new research and interesting projects in the field of complementary medicine. Hello, my name is Jackie Fay, Head of Education at Vitaly. Today on Common Ground, I'll be speaking with Erin Lavelle-Varinda to discuss clinical insights for your practice, along with her journey of authoring two books. Erin is an Australian-trained herbalist, nutritionist and author of two plant medicine titles, Plants for the People and The Plant Clinic. Erin works is to reconnect the people with the plants. Her training began studying a Diploma of Energetic Healing, Nature Care College, in 2002, following with a Bachelor of Western Herbal Medicine from Nature Care College in 2011, and an Advanced Diploma of Nutritional Medicine from Nature Care College in 2012. Walking the path, she is a woman in tune with the natural world, absolutely, on a full-hearted mission to educate and inspire others to heal with the rhythms of nature through the bounty of plant medicine. Erin runs a thriving clinical practice alongside mentoring students and emerging practitioners. She teaches the love language of the plants within her communities and writes from the wild green island of Tasmania. Welcome to Common Ground, Erin. Oh, thank you for having me, Jackie. Happy to be here. Yes. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. I'll say in advance already. <laughs> so, Erin, <laughs> yeah, so you're a clinical nutritionist, herbalist and writer. Mm. What led you down this path of health and then onto writing? <sighs> it's like I could answer that in this really succinct way, mm. but I think that there's just all of the, it's complicated, you know, mm. there's all of these parts of me, I think, that were really engaged with different facets of nature and nature admiration and health and healing as a child and as a teenager that sort of ended up bringing me here. I was always just so fascinated with nature, always mm. felt most at home with nature and plants. Um, got a sense of gardening from my uncle Um got a sense of healing remedies from my auntie. Um, you know, there was just all these influences in my life that came together to sort of encourage me in this strange way, you know, to <laughs> to start working, walking the this path of healing and, mm. and starting with energetic healing. Yeah, I was always so just enamored with esoteric healing. Yeah. And so that's where I began as a teenager. But always wanted to know more about the body. And as I, as my body changed, I was so curious about physical healing as well and knowing all that sort of esoteric work. Well, how could I bring it into the physical realm? Mm. And, um, yeah, that's what got me into sort of herbalism and, and nutritional medicine and, oh, so many things <laughs> brought me here. Yeah. That, that's very, you know, long-winded. But, you know, it was like multifaceted to bring me here. Yeah. Mm, mm, beautiful. And then on to writing. I mean, where did that come from for you? It's interesting because I think my job, you know, as a clinician, it, it is a it is a quite clinical role, you know, mm. the way that I'm working with people. Obviously, I bring a lot of heart and spirit to it, but I have all these other parts of myself that I love engaging. And, you know, a lot of it is, say, that hands-on connectivity is with gardening and my creative self. I, I love being creative. I love, um, you know, really in the pursuit of um, beauty and and just beauty in all different facets. I mean, you know, and and writing and poetry and the poetry of nature. And for me, uh, yeah, writing was just always a creative outlet. And I loved writing when I was young. And mm. what brought me to write the books was just to ignite that part of myself 
that wasn't really being fed in mm. my clinical practice. Um, yeah, and these other facets of myself and writing for me I, is a really, <clears throat> excuse me, a powerful way of, of sharing information mm. and creating accessibility. Um, and so what brought me to writing was all of those desires to put my creative self and vision and, and, and all these beautiful lessons that I've learned along the way as a herbalist and an admirer of nature and, and plant medicine and to bring it all like onto the paper into life mm. in, in written words, to make it accessible and reachable for people. So, yeah, just in a really strange kind of way, I came to writing Jackie Honestly. It wasn't mm. really my plan. It just sort of happened. Yeah, it evolved into that. Yeah, mm. wonderful. It evolved, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so for, you're in clinical practice as well. So what do you see are some critical elements to success in clinic? It's mm, a really good question. My first thought is mm. really hard work <laughs> because yeah. I think, you know, for, for, for me, I think my success as a clinician has been just um, an accumulation of hard work over the years of really working at it and really being very consistent with it and giving it a whole lot of energy, time and presence to thrive in mm. my life. So making a lot of space for it. Um, but one thing that really comes to me when you ask that question is around the different iterations that, that for me, my clinic has taken and continues to take on. And I think that this is something that I always talk about when I'm mentoring students and emerging practitioners is around, you know, your clinic and career needs to work for you and help you thrive mm. first and foremost. Well said. And yeah, yeah. And um, for me, that's changed a bunch what I've needed to thrive. You know, my uh, capacity and ability to say do 12-hour days is no longer, you know, that's been no longer for a long time, you know, or to make myself, you know, available for whatever may suit a client when you first start. Um, it's changed, it emerges, it keeps it keeps shifting for me of, uh, well, okay, what's going to work for me? How, how can I be at my best? For me at this point of my life, um, I'm so good in the mornings and the days and yeah. I just do not have that capacity in the afternoon. So I schedule my time where possible to be at my energy peak, you know, mm. and when I'm really at my best to be able to show up for my job. So, yeah, it's just a continuation and a, a refining mm. what um, works for you as a clinician yeah. as well to be great for your clients. Mm. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. it does, yeah, because yeah, it's a bit of, I guess, a, mm. a reflective process, isn't it? Um, and you sort of yeah. take a moment, yeah. you pause, is this working for me? Do I need to tweak it? Don't I? Mm. Yeah. Do I need to tweak it? Don't I? What's making my, what, what am I feeling good and comfortable? Mm. Is this practice suiting me? You know, there's, there's all these questions I think that come down to how does it also feed you and mm. how do you feel about showing up for that? Um, and that's something that I continually ask myself and I keep refining as a practitioner well into many, many, many years of practice. It's, it's a constant evolution mm. for sure. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Um, compliance with patients, you know, that that can come up for, yeah. for some practitioners and students when they graduate. You know, that's often a question. How do you increase patient compliance? What what sort of worked for you in your experience? The biggest thing for me in my experience as a clinician is empowering the client with as much information as possible to explain the process of 
the protocol or the the, the therapeutic approach. Mm. So, you know, I always aim to really explain to my client and really bring them into the healing process to understand why we're I'm suggesting those foods, I'm suggesting that lifestyle shift, these herbs, this supplementation, this practice, to really arm them with information so they feel really pumped and on board, you know, Mm. and excited and a part of the process. Mm. And I find that that is major with compliance. People will lose a sense of something and to be compliant or the drive and the motivation to do something if they don't understand why they're doing it mm. or taking it, Absolutely. you know, or practicing it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's the biggest thing for me is, is just empowering the client to really understand. So giving them as much digestible and accessible information as I can to remind them, to motivate them, to empower them. Yeah, it's a good point, yeah. isn't it? Because health literacy is is just vital, isn't it? From the styles of how we learn. Yeah, and, yeah, absolutely, mm. absolutely. And I, I think I I personally know, you know, but I think one of the first naturopaths I saw when I was you know a teenager was like my mum took me to our I chose to go to as an early uh, I don't know when the first naturopath I ever went to was, but. I do remember just getting a bag of things. It was a bag of supplements, you know, (laughs) and it was like I had no idea why I was taking the things I was taking. I didn't understand what they were doing. And I remember that experience being incredibly disempowering. Mm. And so for my own health process. And so for me, that's I want to do the opposite of that. I really want to explain to people what's, you know, obviously to a degree, but, you know, explain and help them feel motivated and on board. Mm, Yeah. Yeah, beautifully shared. And congratulations on your second book, The Plant Clinic. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. So how did you juggle clinic and writing your second book? Even your first. funny because I've just started yeah I'm on the first and the third I've just started writing my third book and I'm, oh, wow. I'm, I'm facing that right now and I'm like okay you know just <laughs> scheduling and how to really give this space and energy and honor all things that I'm in right now mm. um it was a real challenge it's a real challenge writing the books for sure um because my clinic is a full-time practice you know what I found really helpful was when I where possible I would take chunks of time off so I, I took some time off you know like four to six weeks when I was writing um the first book and then yes I took sort of six weeks off when I was writing the plant clinic and I would schedule I'd have to schedule time in a, a week for the book and then you know back to clinic in a week for the book and um really just give it a lot of energy and presence it's a funny thing when you're writing books I mean for me they sat with me, they sit with me for a long time. So I'm before I get to actually writing, the process is really internal and it's 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 really enjuying. Mm. Um, so it's or you know, I'm thinking about the books and I'm thinking about things that inspire me and recipes and I'm putting it all together in the background. So that kind of just yeah, sometimes I'll be in clinic and I'll go, Oh, yes, that yeah. and that will be an idea you know, through yes. a client and what we're talking about, you know. So it's, it's sort of a funny thing doing these books. They they unfold in this really interesting way. Um, but, yeah, it takes a lot to, like anyone listening who is a clinician and also has another job or other projects or other roles, there's always this interesting, you know, juggling mm. um, octopus act um, <laughs> of holding all these things at once but at the same time, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, yeah, so... 
it's an interesting journey, Jackie. I mean, I, I haven't, I, it's just a, I make it work. I just give it lots of energy and presence. Mm. And I know now that I'm writing this next book until May, I know that that's going to really just hold me captive right? <laughs> um, yeah. alongside my clinic until May. Yeah, it just is what takes a lot. Oh, <laughs> wow. a I don't even know how to answer that. <laughs> you know, it's a lot, but it's, <laughs> they're, um, they're also a real joy and it's so beautiful when you start to see them come to light just off the page the design comes together we take the photos and I love that creative process of bringing other parts of plant medicine to life you know and bringing bringing the plants just to dance on the page through mm. words through imagery through design I really enjoy that and I think that that lights me up for sure. It gets me through the challenging times when I'm juggling to know that it's going to come out and be on the shelves and be in people's homes and be of service and that really drives me for sure to bring it to life. Mm, yeah, it's quite evident mm. with your books. It's um, just the colour and uh, the energy of the plant. It's almost like a, a revisiting some of the herbs that we've been taught, mm. you know, through herbal medicine and... Um, just the wealth of, you know, what Mother Earth is providing us. It's quite beautiful, isn't it? It's so inspiring, yes. I mean, that's my greatest inspiration and happy to be a small part of that, of, mm. you know, yeah, to bring people things that inspire them for sure. And so um, tell us a bit about your second book, The Plant Clinic. Um, how best does uh, a is it practitioner use this book? So is it mainly for practitioners, the second book? No, I mean it was they, they were written both for the general public, okay. and yep. I knew that they were, yeah I knew that they would be very, um, very sort of varied people, you know, mm. finding these books and varied um, knowledge points of it, whether they were just beginners, totally new to plant medicine, or they were practitioners. Um, but it's funny because it's it's reached all sorts of people, and. What I found with the plant clinic, because it has these protocols and it has so many recipes and guides that a lot of students, naturopathic students and practitioners will actually use the book, mm. um, utilize the book for inspiration to guide them with protocols and ideas. And I think that's just so lovely. Um, so it's been, yeah, it, it's for everybody, really. Mm, yeah. Anybody can, anyone can pick up that book, but practitioners seem to get a lot from it which is just so lovely mm. yeah it's kind of a an extra added amazing thing that's come from the book yeah people using it in that way oh nice so I, I do yeah. like how you've laid it out and you've got say for example the daily protocols section um yeah yeah yep. that's a really nice layout so what's your understanding and approach to protocols it was funny writing the plant clinic because it's one thing to have a client face-to-face -face in clinic who say has, you know, chronic bloating and sinusitis. And, you know, so when you say putting a protocol together for them, mm. you're obviously considering the all different types of things of the person in front of you, the yeah. individualized care, That's right. um, their constitution, all the things, you know, but when you're writing a, a protocols for all sorts of people to read a book, it was a really interesting um, experience to, well, how do I write a protocol that can be, uh, approachable and safe and all the things for everybody who might be experiencing bloating and sinusitis or whatnot. So I kind of came back to these, you know, principles of folkloric medicine and these these sort of, um, you know, everyday remedies that have been shared in herbalism forever. And obviously, you know, in these recent generations, we've lost our way a little bit with that handed down knowledge. But I really returned to those principles and I thought, yeah, okay, you know, these are remedies that are out there. How do I then 
take my clinical knowledge and understanding and all of the lessons I've learned over the years and sort of bridge it into a really accessible, helpful herbal healing protocol. Mm. Um, you know, and, it, and that's where the protocols came from. So they're, they're different to what I would say prescribe in some ways, of course, in clinic, in a clinical setting one-to-one, but they're very similar in ways, mm. <laughs> just in a really kind of accessible way I just tried to make them really easy going mm. um, like say for somebody who's got a cold you know increase garlic increase uh, cooked forming foods here's a herbal tea for your cold what about steams you know yeah and it was all sometimes these things that we often forget about as clinicians that are really basic and paired back but that can be super profound and a lot of people don't know these things mm. um, so how to just inspire and remind people of these simple practices that can be so helpful yeah, that's a good point because I was um, publishing an interview um, for Common Ground soon and um, it's to do with long COVID and, you know, where is the research at? Yeah. And I thought of you because it said what is the official line that the Ayush government in India are taking with regards to preventing mm. reinfection or long COVID and it said, you know, some of the some of the protocols principles were you know yoga for twenty minutes a day, warm uh, hot water, or warm to hot water during the mm. day, and then herbal teas. And it just it talked about you know teas from your garden and just going out getting herbs. And I thought of you because it's like yeah, there's that connection, isn't it, to to plant, to yeah. healing, to medicine. Yes. Mm. Yes, I mean that's that's totally what you know both of my books about and plants for the people was really a, the first one was really a remembering of those plants and trying to inspire people to reconnect again and so is the plant clinic and that's totally what much of my work is about and it's the how potent a relationship with plants and nature can be for us in so many ways mm. you know not just physically but emotionally and spiritually and yeah you know. Yeah, all the things. But I love that. That's that's really beautiful that they also suggested mm. potent. I think that, that that's what they're also giving the public. Okay, mm. it's about a lifestyle practice. It's yes. about plants. It's mm. you know, it's about warm water. Like so simple. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. With you talking just now, Erin, it brought to mind um, sometimes when students and recent graduates asked, you know, how do you know what to specialize in? Do you need to specialize? Should I specialize? Shouldn't I? And it seems like, you know, the key word for this um, interview that we're having, this chat, is, is about evolving and evolution. Mm. Um, you, you've, you've evolved into, you know, you had a passion with regards to gardening and the influence, as you said, from some family members growing up. It, it's a natural progress, isn't it? When, you know, I'm just thinking of students here when, when they ask such a question and maybe does that come up for you in mentoring? You know, what do I specialise in? Um, what are your sort of thoughts around that? It's actually a great question because I get asked it all of the time. Mm, okay. And um, I think I would have sort of had a different answer as a young practitioner, uh, mm. felt I felt also motivated to really specialise in something. Mm. And um, it's it's just interesting how my, <laughs> again, the word, evolution mm. um, of my practice, I remember when I came out I was working a lot with paediatrics and I was working with, I always had a, you know, deep affinity for kids and having been a nanny in my past, you know, life career, um, you know, and um loving working with kids and I loved working in that space as a as a herbalist nutritionist 
for years and I thought that's what I'm doing. And it just changed really quickly as I was moving through my own personal health journey. Um, I started seeing so many more women experiencing burnout and um, just this like nuanced client that I just kept kind of attracting. And it really made me expand and I, I no longer sort of thought of myself as specializing in this way. And um, my experience just has continually kept changing and moving as a clinician and in my career. Like you said, these different sort of chapters and mm. these different, um, yeah, these different openings that have opened up as I've shifted as a person and, you know, my own personal growth. I think it reflects my career because I think so much of and I, and I don't know how everybody else feels about this, but for me, there's really not much of a separation between my career path as a herbalist and my personal path mm. as a person on this earth, you know, who loves the plants and the planet. Mm. Like they're, they're, they're really connected. Um, and so my own personal evolution always seems to really mirror what I'm putting out into the world or how I can kind of show up mm. as a herbalist. So yeah, when people ask me that, I always sort of say, I, I, don't, I don't think you need to specialize or put that pressure on yourself. I think you need to um, explore and I think you need to feel into what mm. you're drawn to. And, um, yeah, yeah, I think it's a really individual personal expression as to who you're drawing in and what you're, um, what you're interested in in practice as well. Yes, what exactly. What you're hoping to get from it as well. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then I guess yeah. then when you hear words like what's keys to success, you know, language and, and mm. you know, of course it, that, that's, that's important, but what, what does that look like? And as you said earlier, it's, um, it's integrating. This is part of your life and this is part of your clinic yes. work. So if, um, yeah, if that flows for you that you're marrying the two together, I mean, how beautiful because there's one quote that I mm. heard a few years back, you know, life doesn't happen happen to you it happens through you and it's um mm. yeah you can see that you have the blend because you can see through the books that you've written your joy I mean your absolute joy of <laughs> you know herbal medicine and plants and nature and um yeah it's very inspiring thank you Jackie <laughs> thank you sweet and I wanted to ask you so with your books, you've got so many recipes in there that are just absolute gems. Where have all these recipes come from? Gosh, many years. You know, I loved um, many years of collecting, thinking, formulating. I loved, I loved herbal manufacturing, and um, herbal manufacturing at, at college. You know, the 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 unit was probably one of my favorites, and I just loved being hands on and making with the plants and definitely felt that that was something I wished there was more of, you know, in my training. So when I got out um, of college, you know, it's been many years of just playing and I love cooking and I love being in the kitchen. And, mm. you know, even with like when I'm baking a cake, I'll infuse it with, you know, rose petals and I'll try, you know what I mean, chamomile. Mm. And I'll always sort of play with recipes and uh, even with cooking. And I just, I just love playing in that way. And so a lot of my recipes and ideas came from experimenting and for the book you know I would challenge myself for both the books and I would sort of stand in front of my very large dried herb dispensary so I invested mm -hmm. in a very many dried herbs yeah. um, and I would sort of stand in front of the herbs and just 
think and instead of just feel into what might come and obviously my clinical knowledge and experience and reading a lot and just gathering information and um you know I said okay well what am I going to do for I mentioned sinus a bunch so that's coming forward so what am I going to do for a sinus remedy or what am I going to do um for shingles or what would I you know and so it would just be sort of trying things and putting them together and really enjoying that um, practical alchemical kind of process of making Mm. um and even I recall, you know, in the States, I tried like this beautiful iron-enriched tonic. And so then I was like, well, how do I, what would I do if I was to create an iron-enriched tonic, you know? Yeah. Um, and there's an iron-enriched syrup in the plant clinic that's really well loved by people, which is awesome. And so many people make it and I love it. I love having it myself here. And I, that was just honestly trial and error. So mm. that's what the recipes are. And, and obviously based on a big nod to our ancestral wisdom of of plant medicine and traditional wisdoms and that's where a lot of these you know these recipes all originate originate from and are inspired from of course Mm. yeah and for some of your patients like if um they don't have sort of the space in their backyard maybe if they're living in an apartment and they've got a balcony what what would be sort of an approach for them how would you sort of help them out for putting some of your recipes together I mean, I always say if you're keen to grow and you're, you know, you're, you feel that call, then just start with really easy, easy growing, woody, hardy plants. You know, Mm -hmm. we're talking like your thyme and your rosemary and your oregano. And that's where I always get people to start very simple. Um, Because there's actually so much that you can do with those three plants. And I think that it's a beautiful thing to encourage people to get to know a plant well Mm. um, because it can be really overwhelming to think about. Like if you're not much of a gardener or you're new to it, it can be really overwhelming to think about growing a garden. Mm. But just to also get to know one plant, to get to know the growing quality of a plant, the medicinal qualities, you know, what it seems to thrive from and not love. Mm. I just think there's a a beautiful invitation in that relationship. And I know that personally a lot of clients, like if they do get into growing or they get the books and they're keen and, you know, we talk about growing or working with different plants in a simple way in in session, they always come back and report it in such like a, they're really just engaged and intrigued by it. Like, oh, I learned this about rosemary. I I use this, I I tried this rosemary hair rinse you've got. Or I, you know, it's like, it's really lovely to see people sort of give energy and presence to one plant because you realise how healing that can be as well in different facets for people to engage with that one plant. Mm. Yeah, it's a good point, actually. Just sort of keep it simple, just down to the one and get to know it and yeah. move on at another one. And what do you think of companion planting? Oh, I love it. I mean, I'm a big, big companion planter myself. Okay. Do my very best with it. Sometimes I can, I'm a double Aries. I can go a bit wild <laughs> in the garden, <laughs> just, you know, just do whatever comes comes in the moment. But um, no, I really try to pay attention to companion planting. And I, in all of my gardens that I've had, you know, we, we we're big on um, bringing in the bees, and so always bringing in flowering plants, and really trying to practice those um, principles of companion planting and flowering mm. plants to, you know, attract those bees, and also just keep away the some of the buggies you don't want to be yeah. <laughs> going at your plants. <laughs> yeah, we're actually facing a new garden here, and now we've just bought this place in Tassie, and and um, it's a clean slate, so that's mm. exciting for us. We're just planning and waiting for spring yes. to, to 
know, to come, yeah, mm-hmm. to get out there, which is exciting for us. We might see some of the uh, visuals from um, your new Tassie space in your third book, <laughs> would you say? I hope so. <laughs> yeah, that's the plan, exactly. <laughs> feeling feeling like I need to get that garden going, exactly. But, um, yeah, it's exciting. And I, I just love gardening. I think there's just so much to it. And as herbalists, um, you know, I think we we often, as clinical herbalists and with our training sometimes, we don't consider that to be a part of it as much as say when you're training in the States and it's a very hands-on approach often in the garden. And so I think it's a beautiful thing for, for us to, yeah, deepen mm. our relationship with our gardens if possible and learn again from that hands-on approach of what the plants can teach us too. Mm, absolutely. The signature of the plants and it's mm. very grounding, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, it beautiful. really is. I find it the best medicine truly. Mm. Well, Thank you so much for sharing your experience and wisdom today on Common Ground, Erin. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. And thanks for tuning into this episode today. We appreciate your support and feel free to leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you.